You're listening to the FSA Podcast with your host, Brent Cromer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the FSA Podcast. I'm your host, Brent, and I'm here with a very special guest here today. This man has done it all. His name is Nick Ross. He is a sales director and sales coach for NCI. Maybe you've heard of them. They're a pretty big company here in the uh, in the space, the Nutritional Coaching Institute. Um, this man has sold and produced $75 million in sales. Not many people can say that. That is a large, large number. He's a motivational speaker. He is a cancer survivor an NPC men's physique bodybuilder, uh, photographer, content creator. He has a wonderful podcast called Circle the W. And uh, you're, you're born in Pennsylvania. Is that right? Yeah. The, the Poconos in Pennsylvania, Northeast Pennsylvania. Okay. Very cool, man. I'm actually from Ohio. So we're neighbors there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Midwestern lifestyle. So I'll leave it to you, man. Tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself. Yeah. The, the quick flyby 30,000 feet view from the sky about who I am and what I'm doing today. I, my main role and my main passion is helping scale this business that I love so much, Nutritional Coaching Institute. I'm a sales director, sales coach, and my day-to-day operations, I get to work from home, which I absolutely love to do, have lots of awesome freedoms when it comes to being able to be a bodybuilder and chase those goals. Um, but yeah, just helping build. We're, you know, we're past the point of a startup company. Sure. We're doing multiple 10 figures a year at this point. Um, we're a portfolio company for the Hermoses, Alex and Layla. We have some mm-hmm. really great mentors and, and people helping us like Taylor Welsh. So we're in a, we're a great position. I, I love what I do waking up every day. I've been in sales now, I think 18 years. So yeah. that's, that's how you get a large number like that. It's just, yeah. you've been doing it for a long time. All right. Yeah. Um, but before that, you know, uh, the basics starting off, I was raised on a horse farm my whole entire life in Northeast Pennsylvania called the Pocono mountains, literally the Appalachian mountains. And since nice. I was six years old, I had to work my rear end off. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know anything about farms, you usually have lots of kids. Mm-hmm. Well, I was an only child. So oh, there was a lot of work that had to be done. Yeah. And as soon as I was old enough to carry a water bucket or a feed bucket for, our, we had about 25 horses at the peak wow. of our farm, about a 75 acre horse farm. I was working, I was shoveling manure. Mm-hmm. I've shoveled mountains of manure, I tell people. Mm-hmm. So yep. immediately, uh, you know, I played sports my whole entire life because I, I understood if I was at practice or I was playing a game, I wasn't working on the farm. Mm-hmm. And so I became Smart. obsessed at a very young age. And I made this promise to my mother when I was eight that I would become a professional athlete. That's all I wanted to do because my, my father was always locked up. My dad was never um, mm-hmm. around. I say never. He was once in a while, but for the most part, he was never around in my life. Sure. And you know, that was just a, a bond and a promise I made to my mom as a single, um, you know, her being a single mother, me being an only child. My mom had me when she was 18. And that was like the idea I had in my head watching these superstar athletes while wow, they're making a lot of money. They can right. they take care of mama, you know, when they yeah. get older. And that's always been awesome. one of my driving forces. But turned 16, got in a horrific car accident. Oh, that wow. was the end of playing sports. I was in a car with another 16 year old. You guys might have heard of these things in the past. They're called malls. Back when I was going to high school, we were going to the mall. So we're driving to the mall. Got T-boned, ripped out of the car, jaws of life, medevac to the hospital, nearly lost wow. my life. End of sports. Um, music saved my life in that time of my lifetime. And I wanted, like, I knew I could never be a musician. I didn't have the dexterity, mm-hmm. but I wanted to serve. And so what I did is I went to a technical school and down in Florida, I became a recording engineer, got a bachelor degree in business and I moved to Hollywood. Oh, wow. 
So, straight so from, let, mm-hmm. let's, let's pause for just a moment there because there, there's so much to unpack. And I, your, your story is fascinating here. Not only were you an only child, but it was, it was just you and mom managing an entire 75 acre grandma, uncle, and then, uh, my, my grandmother's boyfriend. So my grandmother was also very young. She was only like 40, you know, Mm -hmm. as the grandmother. So there was five of us taking care of that whole entire farm. Wow. That's fascinating. Like that was, that was, that was the part that stuck out to me the most. Like not only, um, those Midwestern upbringings will, will definitely humble you. Right. I remember bailing hay every single summer, uh, just it, some of those, <laughs> it'll make you strong too. I mean, you build muscles that you cannot build in the gym by, by doing those things on those farms. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, it, it helped me in sports as a, as a kid, I never had to go to the gym. I was, it's called farm strong. I was just yep. farm strong. So the grip strength Full years, you know, by the time I got to high school, everyone starts leveling out cause they go to the gym, mm-hmm. et cetera. But those early years of sports, I dominated just cause of just pure wheelbarrows and pitchforks. And like you said, bailing hay, I yep. had to, I had a shovel with a shovel in one wheelbarrow, two dump trucks of sawdust, mm. you know, once, once a month because the dump truck couldn't fit into the overhang that would hit the roof. So yeah. you have to pour out. And then I did it all by myself, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I learned, I learned entrepreneurship there from a yeah. very young age because you're in the woods. So what are you going to do? You get a log splitter, you get into the, you know, mm-hmm. burning business and you sell what's the resources yeah. around, you know? Uh, you paint barns, you paint fences for the other farmers and just always been in that entrepreneurial yeah. mindset. But um, Love eventually it, eventually moved to Hollywood and that was my first job ever was a sales job. So I went from farm to Florida yeah. or other <laughs> and then, then to Hollywood and it was a big shock. And the reason I put that in, put that in there is because my first job ever was a sales job. I mm-hmm. never had you know, an inclination that that's what I wanted to get into. I was just a sales job in the music industry. So I was just happy to be using my degree at the time sure. in the industry that I was in. Um, and I just so happened, I got super lucky to work at this place called West LA music. It was on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard mm-hmm. and it's claim to fame was where the pro shop. Mm-hmm. So like some of my first customers ever were like legends, wow, <laughs> athletes, politicians, um, you name it, like Kobe Bryant, Shack Shop. There, one of my first clients was uh, was Dr. Dre and John Mayer. Are like, you kidding me? <laughs> Twenty one at this point, straight off a farm. Yeah, he, you know, at the end of it, I'm getting thank you letters from Jimmy Iovine, the owner of Interscope Records, which was at the time had everyone. Like that mm-hmm. was like the hip hop label to be on. Wow. So I was just like, super blessed, super humbled to have the sales mentor and even get that opportunity because you know, like imposter syndrome. Sure. moving to Hollywood. Like I didn't feel like I, I belonged there for a really long time, but man, I got schooled in the art of swimming in a sea of rejection. Mm-hmm. I got schooled. I got a, I got a doctorate degree in learning how to stay emotionally stable mm-hmm. and how to work in like an you know, old school sales term, but that was a shark tank. Like that sure. was like, those were all hyper aggressive, hyper successful sales guys. And as a young kid, I had to, um, I had to like swim. So, right? so building that callus, right? Because it sounds like that's, that's essentially what happened, right? You came in, you're the new guy on the block, but not only are you new, you're not from San Diego or somewhere else. Like you're from <laughs> essentially another world Yeah. because I've, 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 I've lived in both areas as well, not Hollywood specifically, but you know, outside of LA and it's just, it's a different world. Right. So like you're the new guy on the block, you're swimming in a sea of rejection, building that callus and, and staying more neutral in sales. How did that help you? I, I close more deals, stay more, you know, even tempered. 
Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I'm, you know, I wear my emotions on my sleeves, even when I'm not wearing sleeves, I'm a very, very passionate person. And so I had to learn how to really be coachable and take advice from the people who were more successful than I was. Mm -hmm. I really love a topic called NLP, Neuro Linguistics Programming. Sure. And one of the presuppositions in NLP is if one man can, if one man or one woman can achieve it, anyone can achieve it. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you model, not like on the cover of a magazine, but you model the behaviors of successful people doing what you want to do. Of course. And I had some of the best in the game, guys doing multi-million dollar recording studio sales integrations, hanging off the cliffs of Malibu. Wow. My boss, my boss, when Nancy Reagan needed her VCR swapped out or had issues called my boss, my boss, Mark Spiewak, because he was that tight with Ronald Reagan who lived there and, was, and, and Mark, because of that relationship, had contracts with the government for microphones and for things that they needed. Like I was literally learning from the best. So um, you also get picked on when you're the new guy in those situations. Right. So you have to learn how to assimilate into the culture, be respectful. But most importantly, I don't have a lot of gifts. I really don't. I've never been the most intelligent person in the room. I know how to play the fool in the room. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that I know how to do is be coachable. Like I see so many people out there that are not coachable in sales because of their false beliefs that they have. And they have like casual contempt about sales. They, they think they know about sales, but they really don't. And they could radically transform their life and impact the lives of countless others. If they didn't, you know, have that blocking of not being able to accept coaching. Like what's mm -hmm. the old saying? Uh, uncoachable children are unployable adults. I, that's exactly what it is. I think that's why sports play is such a major major impact, right? Because if you don't learn that discipline, if you don't really learn how to respect authority figures and ask questions, then you're going to go through your entire adult career avoiding that, right? Not knowing how to heed advice. And I think that's, I think, you know, success leaves clues and, and those who are ultra successful and, and business and life and whatever, you know, it is you have it, they always have a mentor, always. Mm -hmm. Always. And that's why people are so willing and, and and receptive to being a mentor to someone else because they, you know, you, you get to that level of success and then you want to give back. Right. But there's a reason that model works and it's yeah. because if someone's been there and done what you were looking to do, why wouldn't you listen to them? Yeah. Unless they're, you know, a Machiavellian narcissistic psychopath, like they're, they're just, sure. you, you society has a way of exposing those people. So like if we stay away from those people and we remain coachable and we understand once again, that success is just an algorithm. Mm -hmm. Success is just ones and zeros. So if you can figure out the formula, then you can break the code. You can start to scale anything that you want in life. Mm -hmm. And when it comes back to sales, I firmly believe that sales is the hardest job in the world. Oh, no I'm doubt. not saying backbreaking work. I'm not saying like you work, you're working in a mine or you're tarring you know, uh, mm -hmm. asphalt out in the desert. Like, yes, there's much more physically demanding jobs, but as far as sales jobs, and I remind my, my students this all the time, there's never been a small child that ever existed when they asked that small child, Hey, little Johnny, what do you want to be when you mm -hmm. grow up? That little kid looked up to him and said, I want to be a salesman. Mm -hmm. No one's ever said that. And no. then the stats also produce the same thing in college. Only 2% of college graduates enter into a sales position because no one wants to do it. Mm. But if we look at a great book, like the billionaire effect, one of the greatest quotes in the billionaire effect is it's a book. 
is that 75% of self-made billionaires, so self-made, not inherited the money, sure. that their first job was sales, mm -hmm. right? And I remind people, like, if you're an entrepreneur, you're wearing a lot of hats, you're doing a lot of things, especially coaches, they got to create content, lead gen, lead nurture, build a group, they got to do everything. And so sales is the most important part of your business. Now mm -hmm. I'm biased. I get it. Naturally, but you're not wrong. <laughs> Because it's the only thing that actually brings an income mm -hmm. to business. Everything else is an expense of time or labor or energy mm -hmm. business. So again, if I, I, I tell this to people, it's like, you know, if we were to role play this back and forth, I'd be like, mm -hmm. you know, do you know about helicopters? And they're like, yeah, of course I know about helicopters. Like, that's a stupid question. Mm -hmm. but, and then I'm like, but how much do you really know about helicopters? Do you know how to fly one? Do you know how they work? Do you know the aerodynamics? Do you know all the buttons on the dash? Mm -hmm. and they're like, no, I don't know any of that. So, oh, you really don't know much about helicopters then, right? They're sure. like, yeah, I guess you're right. And so what about sales? You think you know sales. You have these false beliefs. You have external, internal, the opportunity itself. You have false beliefs surrounding all of these things about this sales position or how successful you might be able to be at sales. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. You just have like casual contempt mm -hmm. for sales, just like the limited knowledge of the helicopter. And it's so funny too, because <clears throat> I'm a big fan of, of the author, Daniel Pink. I just finished another one of his books. Uh, maybe, maybe you've heard of it. It's called When. Phenomenal book. Absolutely phenomenal. It's, I won't get into all the details because the read it. It, it. it teaches you how to structure your day. It teaches you how... Um, your, your, your body's working cycles when you're most productive, when you're least productive, when you should take a break, when you shouldn't take a break, it's phenomenal. But he also wrote a book called to sell as human. That is massively famous. You've, you've read it. I haven't read it. It's in my audible to read. Mm, yet. Yes. The thing with Daniel Pink, and this is why I I'm so attracted to his style of writing. And it's, it's so it's all data-based. So everything he does, it's all studies. It's all studies, case study, case study, case study. And then he'll, he'll have a topic and then there's a case study supporting that topic. So for, to play off of what you were saying, people don't want to, 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 to be salesmen or sales people, right? But everybody is in sales, whether it's convincing your, your daughter to go to bed at a certain time, whether it's convincing your teenager to not stay out too late or to not do drugs and drink alcohol and ha have unsafe sex, you're selling ideas, whether you want to be in sales or not, when you're um, negotiating for a big salary. It's so, it's so funny. So many of my friends that are, they're, they're now getting up into like the executive levels of their jobs. Who do they come to when they, they need an, they, they need to write an offer for a, a salary expectation. They come to me. You're in sales, whether you want to be or not. So the more that you avoid it, the longer that you avoid it, the deeper that hole gets and the more you limit yourself on how much you can actually rise in your career, into your life, your relationships, et cetera. Yeah. Sales, like if you just use the word sales and we look at like the belief system around that word, mm -hmm. most people have had a really bad sales experience. Mm -hmm. And they take that one experience and then blanket sales is bad. Like that's yep. a bad generalization to make good generalization. I'm a child to put my hand on the stove. I burn my hand. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it or hot burn my hand? Good generalization. These types of other generalizations are so di disastrous and in, in limiting, limiting your identity and what you could actually achieve. And yep. so replace the word sales with influence, persuasion, and communication. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's break this down. Why is this so important? 
very Tony Robbins of me, but I love the man. It's okay. The quality of your life is dependent on the quality of your communication, right? Mm -hmm. And the quality of your relationships is dependent on the quality of your communication. Mm -hmm. So if you're not studying communication, influence, and persuasion, you're not unlocking the massive potential in your relationships, your business, your relationship with yourself, the relationship with your faith, the relationship with your body, the relationship with your fitness, you're limiting that potential. Mm -hmm. So I really, if you're fascinated by sales and you want to do better in sales, I believe one of the best topics again to study is NLP because it literally is the art and science of communication, mm-hmm. right? And these little linguistics, and it's called sleight of mouth. We've all heard of sleight of hand, the, magi- mm-hmm. the magician. There's sleight of mouth as well. And it's not manipulation. That's not what it is. Manipulation is, or being Machiavellian is, is like, I'm setting up this conversation to only benefit me, or I'm only going to ask questions that only benefit me, or I'm going to get you to do something that only benefits me. Persuasion and influence is really a form of leadership. That's exactly what it is. Right. Because you're reframing the experience, right? Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as positive and negative experiences. There are only experiences. Mm -hmm. Human being decides how to put the structure to that experience. Exactly. Whether it was positive or negative. It's like putting things into buckets in your mind, right? So think think about a child. Right. When a baby wants something, what do they do? They throw a fit. They throw a fit. They cry. They don't know how to communicate effectively. Mm-hmm. So they do the, the one and only thing that they know how to do. And that's to scream and cry until you make enough guesses to give them what they want. In a much less extreme sense, that, that is a lot of adults that we, that we live with, that, that we interact with. If, if they want something, but they don't know how to communicate it. That's essentially what you're doing is you're, you're, you're screaming and crying for, you want that big raise, but you don't know how to position yourself to get it. Yeah. And so you're limited only by your ability to communicate, which is exactly, exactly your point. Yeah. You're, I, I call it an old infant. That's what you are. Mm-hmm. You're just yep. an old, infant. you do not know how to communicate. You're most likely a people pleaser. That's the other massive thing here, because mm-hmm. what happens with people pleasing is, is that you don't know how to negotiate for what you want. And yep. because you don't know how to negotiate for what you want, you'll actually get into an Uber. The temperature will be way too hot. You'll suffer for 45 minutes with terrible music and being yep. cooked. And because you simply are afraid to ask for what you want because you're, you think it's going to hurt the other person's feelings. Mm-hmm. And it, and it very well, you know, I just wrapped up a training an hour and a half ago, the way that you, the way, again, reframing the way that you say things can produce that result. So it's like, you have to. You have to practice, you literally have to practice different situations on how to ask different things, just like NLP and like connecting those neurons in your brain. How can I ask this question without sounding rude? Well, there's about a million different ways that I can rephrase that, rephrase, reframe, similar concept. Tonality. Exactly. Tonality, curiosity, all of the the body language. Yep. Right. So it's like, there's, how can I ask this person to turn down the freaking heat without coming off as an asshole? Yep. That's, that's sales sales in a nutshell. Yeah. The old saying, uh, Grant Cardone book a long time ago, he said, look, you've been selling since birth. You were selling the doctor stopped spanking your ass when you were, when you were delivered. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you've exactly. been selling since the moment you were alive. Um, again, I just think it's how people frame that word. 
like, man, going to acquire knowledge and get AQ on sales doesn't sound so thrilling, mm -hmm. but like going and learning how to communicate, influence, and persuade, I get excited for that. And so I seek out that knowledge because I understand that that is the key for me to unlocking any type of potential in my life, mm -hmm. which obviously we all have, you know, unlimited potential. It's just how far we want to continue to level up. Yep. Good point. Good point. So from your experience and you're coaching a lot of students at any given time, mostly on fitness, I'm sure, but like, I'm sure you get a, lots of different questions. What do you see as we've talked about like the limiting factors, right? Like limiting your own potential. What, 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 what do you see as the biggest limiting factor for students in sales? What's holding people back from being great? Yeah. And to clarify, I'm coaching high ticket offer online nutrition coaching. So like these principles will work with any online high ticket offer that you're selling and you're, and you're providing coaching to that client. The number one, here's the number one issue. It, it, it seems so simple, but I'll, I'll break it down. It's just purely people's confidence level in themselves. Mm -hmm. Like so many people do not audit what's in their cup. Right. So you have to think about this. You have to audit what is in your cup before you get on a call because you're going to be pouring into that person. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things. One, you can't pour from an empty cup. Never. Two, you can't pour from a cup that has a lid. Right. So if you're if you're capping your potential, you can't pour into people. Mm -hmm. Lastly, like so many people, because they're not focused on the impact, I say get on the call and impact the life and the income will come. Mm -hmm. instead they're focused on the income because the bill i got to pay the assistant coach this mm -hmm. the, when you get this piece of tech i got to pay the subscription yep. and instead they go into the call with scarcity mindset and so when we're talking about scarcity mindset we're talking about unworthiness shame guilt like we all these neurotic negative emotions and then you end up pouring that into the other person and mm -hmm. you disconnect uh, disconnect from the lead and from the prospect mm -hmm. instead of connecting to them so you can connect your offer to their painful problem. And so what I really focusing on coaching people right now is do not tie your sales confidence into your sales ability, tie your sales confidence into your intention. Mm, good point. Your intention is pure. And if you're, if you're a coach, your intention has to be pure because you suffer from the plight of the broken, which is I want to fix in others, which was once broken in me. You're coming mm -hmm. from a pure place. So instead, before you get on this call, all of this is called priming and conditioning. Again, very Tony Robbins of me, but I believe in it because I do it and I teach it and I see it work. So we have to get our physiology. We have to get our focus and we have to get the meaning. What does this call mean to me? Mm -hmm. Get all of those things aligned and you can get on the call and you be calm, assertive, confident, and the mindset of a world-class doctor. And you don't get on the call and say, Hey, I'm so excited to speak to you today about your super painful problem about mm -hmm. how you view yourself naked in the mirror. It's yep. like weird. No, calm, assertive, confident, get on the call mindset of a world-class doctor and tie your sales confidence into your intention, which should only be to impact the life. Yep. If you impact the life income is a byproduct or that person's going to remember you. And if you have a good follow-up game and a good nurture sequence, yep. then you're going to get another at bat to close them again in the future. Exactly. That's how you build up your pipeline. That's yeah. I couldn't have said it better. And you know what I explained to like a lot of our students on the sales coaching side is there are so many levels to sales. I mean, so many levels, right? There's like the, the 
the very top guys at the very, very, you know, Tony Robbins and all the big, the big heads, Grant Cardone, despite, I don't love his style, but he's still, he's still at the top, right? Jeremy There's Miner. so many Jeremy Miners um, who I learned everything from his entire team. That's where I got my start was like a private mentorship with, with all of um, seventh level and EPQ. That's, yep. that's me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Working with there, their team right now and uh, Eli Wild as well. Eli oh, nice. Yeah. Eli, I have seen, I've seen a lot of his things, I, but anyway, there's so many levels and we could only hope and dream and pray to be at those levels, right? One way to get really good results without building up, you know, all the, the connections and the neurons in your brain to, to have an answer and a response for everything, which I'm sure that you do. I know that I feel like I do, right. It's really hard to stump guys like us on a call because we've been through, we've seen so many different scenarios. And after a while, your brain is like AI. Like it just, it just has a response that takes a long time. That takes a lot of failure, a lot of reps. The one way to close deals immediately is to go in with good intentions. If you genuinely put the money aside, disconnect from the outcome of the sale, and you genuinely just want to provide support and help to this person, you will increase your closing percentage almost immediately. And then you package it all with the skills and, and the reframes and everything like that. And that's how you become great at fitness sales or sales in general. Absolutely. That, that one, that one piece that I think a lot of people, it's not that they're missing. I think it's just misplaced. Yeah. And you're talking about developing something that is called uh AFAB. So automatic fixed action behaviors, mm-hmm. super fancy <laughs> term there, but it's the synapses firing that allow Exactly. You know, again, if the intention is to find a problem, because here's the thing in sales, you got to be a problem solver. You got to be a problem solver. Nope. You also have to be a problem finder. That's okay. actually more difficult than solving a problem. And you have to be able to find enough problems. And then you have to dig that problem for duration, impact, consequence, yep. help them feel the problem, right? And go through what in what we in online coaching sales calling the transformational level of sales. Because mm-hmm. if you can't dig that problem or that pain deep enough, you stay surface level where you stay at the action level, like action level, they will buy from you, but like, they're usually not going to re-sign or like get more LTV out of them long-term. Uh, if we get to a transformational level of sales, again, the mindset of a world-class doctor, when I was mm-hmm. diagnosed with cancer, you didn't just look at the tumor and superficially say, you have cancer. You had to get an MRI. You had to get a CAT scan. You had to look inside of me mm-hmm. to get the internal pain so sure. that we could actually get the pathology or the path, your unique opportunity from pain to possibility. Mm-hmm. My pain to possibility journey as a cancer survivor was pain. You have cancer. You could die. Possibility. Oncologist, I'd like to live. So from point A to point B, we created a path. Mm-hmm. So, we could, so we could create an actual journey forward. And we use the unique opportunity of chemotherapy in order to solve that painful problem. Exactly. So I could get to my probability, which, or possibility, which was to live. And so same thing, guys, like if you have a, if, if I was um, training for bodybuilding and I don't do this, but I see a lot of high school kids doing this. So high school kids don't do this. If you're listening mm-hmm. and it's called ego lifting, you're mm-hmm. lifting way too much weight because the workout looks really cool and you look cool in the mirror and you get to like post it on your reels. Right. So if I was hypothetically ego lifting and I'm like shoulder pressing way too much weight. And I jacked up my shoulder when I go to go see the doctor again, you have to think in the same type of mindset, which is how, how did you hurt yourself? Right? So what is the root cause of the problem? Doc, I was ego lifting. How long has that been going on? 
doc, mm-hmm. my shoulders hurt for a month. What is that impacting? Well, doc, mm-hmm. I can't chase my pro card because I can't work out. And then anxiety is driving me through the roof. And because of that anxiety, I'm arguing with my girlfriend and my boss and everything is falling apart. Yep. Right? Yep. And then in certain levels. Yeah. I mean, you just peeling back the layers, right? It's exactly what physicians do. And when you do this, how does that feel? Right. Where does it hurt worse when you, it's, 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 there's a, there's a similar uh, concept that, that I, that I tell students and it's um, not to play on the, the, the cancer topic here. Right. But similar. Um, So my, my background was all like neuro nursing, um, a lot of like ICU care for like uh, brain tumors and things like that. Right. So I saw dozens and dozens, hundreds probably. So let's say you you walk into CVS, you have a headache, you have a headache, you walk up, you see, you know, ibuprofen, Tylenol, whatever. You see the Tylenol and it's five bucks. Okay. I can spend five bucks. I can part ways with five bucks because this is a $5 problem, right? Mm-hmm. So you take Tylenol a couple hours later, doesn't go away. In fact, now, you, now, now your vision is affected. Your gait's affected. Your coordination's affected, right? A little bit of ataxia. You're not really moving your fingers the way that you want to it's not helping the pain's getting worse. Okay. So that $5 problem, it's now a $150 problem. We go to urgent care. Okay. Go into urgent care. Again, I'm, I'm still not willing to part ways with too many resources because I don't know the extent of this until they get a CAT scan, right? Similar to your MRI. They find what's going on internally. It is not just a headache. It is a brain bleed, right? Whether it's spontaneous, whether I fell, uh, whatever it may be, right? Now that brain bleed you're going for an MRI, you're going for a flow, you're going for all the workup, right? They're going to coil it. They're going to do all the things, which is going to cost hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? But if you're given in, in that exact moment, Nick, if you're given the option, hey, do you want us to urgently rush you in to IR to coil this bleed? Or do you want to just pay the $150 tab and go home? Or do, well, do you want to think about it? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to think about it? Exactly. Exactly. Do, do you need to run this by your spouse? Yeah. So yeah. what started as a $5 problem is now a hundreds of thousands of dollar problem because we know the extent of what's actually going on. So in a, in a fitness sales call, and I, I keep referring to fitness in sales, right? But more specifically fitness for, for the you know purpose of this, when people come to you guys and they're getting on a call and they tell you in their application or in the DMs, how much is this going to cost? I'm concerned about money. It better not be over $47, Right. If that's what they're saying, it's because they don't know what's going on right now. They just have a headache mm-hmm. right, right now. They just have that thing on their arm that they don't love or they, you know, they, they can't fit in the bikini like they wanted. So it's a, it's, it's a $50 problem. It is up to you. Just like Nick said here. So eloquent, eloquently, right. You have to uncover what's below that. What's causing that? How is it impacting them? And once you have that arsenal, now you can position it and pitch whatever it is your, your offer is worth. Yeah. I really love that anecdotal story that you just told. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to use that for my Please, client because obviously they're, they're also health professionals in there. So I think that was just like the perfect anecdotal story to help people understand really what is called um, what I teach is the, the four stages of problem seeking. And mm-hmm. you really have to get down and, and analyze it. And, you know, back to this other point of, you know, also when we, buy cheap, we usually buy twice, yes. right? Miss Jones. Right. And yes. so 
There's the other good little reframe off of that. That's exactly. And we'll keep going back to healthcare because again, my brain, all my reframes are healthcare pretty much. I, I wish it wasn't the case, but they work. You know, if, if, if you did in fact have, uh, let, let's, let's talk your story, Nick, because I think it is fascinating by the way, when, when you had, um, when you, when you first noticed that pain and you had that tumor, right. Are you, were you searching around for the cheapest doctor or were you searching around for the doctor who's seen it over and over again and knows the exact step-by-step -step process to, to take, to fix that? I, I literally got the best testicular doctor that could be argued in the whole entire country at one of the best cancer institute sarah cannon here in nashville tennessee so i i literally went to the Good best for you yes mm -hmm. why wouldn't you right when exactly. when when it's your life your quality of life when it's your mental health when that's on the line what are you hoping to get by looking for the cheapest solution right do you feel like it might be worth paying a little bit more to get the assured results the proven results that i can show you through x y and z mm. maybe it's a, you know, I, I can't make that decision for you, but I know what I would choose. Yeah. I'm buying from you on that one. That was good. Good yeah. tonality as well. I appreciate that. We've uh, been primed up with, with coaching calls all morning. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, man. yeah, no, we've, we've, we've covered a lot of, of really fascinating stuff. I think our, 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 our styles align a lot too. So mm -hmm. I can tell that you are, you are cool, calm and collected. I feel like it'd be pretty hard to rally you on a, on a sales call. Maybe that's a callus. No, yeah, not on the sales call. Uh, during a during an Eagles game, now completely different, <laughs> you know, through the roof with emotion. Uh, see, I'm a Steelers fan, so that's where we are not aligned. Not yeah, yeah. You guys, I don't think beat us in Philadelphia in 12, 12 attempts. Too long, too long. But uh, we're we're back on the back on the upswing here from from what I see. So. Now, Nick, where, where, where can people find you? What are, um, here's where you can do your, your shameless drop, send your message out your, your podcast, by the way, I've listened to a few episodes. It's phenomenal guys. He has a phenomenal podcast. So where can everyone find you? Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for offering that. You can always reach out to me on Instagram and that is Nick Ross speaks N I C K R O S S the word speaks. And I'll be on TikTok until that gets banned and you can also <laughs> find me at the same um, the, the same username there, Nick Ross speaks. And if you want to check out the podcast, it's called circle, the W circle, the W is a methodology that I learned through my battle with cancer, applying techniques. I learned from NLP to radically transform my life. I was in sales for a really long time. Um, but cancer taught me that I was about to die at the age of 32 and I would have died an inconsequential man. And I came out of that with this realization that there's two types of pain in this world. There's the pain of regret and there's the pain of discipline. The pain of discipline is weighed in ounces and the pain of regret is weighed in tons. Mm -hmm. And coming out of that, I had to ask myself, what do you want to carry around for the rest of your life? You want to get disciplined or you want to carry around regret? Because I, I had all the conversations about the final judgment and mm -hmm. um, I wasn't happy with what that, with what the eulogy would have been, right? Yeah. And so I've come out of this and, and created a methodology sourcing in, in, and synergizing a lot of different frameworks. Um, mm -hmm. So if you're interested in how you can actually, one, figure out who you are, two, figure out what you want, three, figure out how to get it. I literally have a step-by-step -step process where I teach people to radically transform their own life a lot quicker than you could ever imagined. So I appreciate the opportunity to come on and speak about something I'm highly passionate about, sales, influence, persuasion, and communication, mm -hmm. and uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a pleasure, man. We could talk for hours too. So maybe we'll... Uh... 
reconnect on an, on another one in the uh, near future. Guys, if uh, if you're still listening to this point, I appreciate your support. If you ever have any questions, obviously Nick here uh, is an open book. He just dropped all of his socials and then I've got all of mine uh, in the bio as well. Nick, I'll put yours in there too. So we, we can link them directly to your podcast. Cool. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Crush those sales. Have a wonderful week.